This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today, we continue with a series based on the 23rd Psalm called Living in the Goodness of God. In these lessons, you'll discover that God is good all the time, even in life's most difficult circumstances. And you'll experience the hope and favor that spring from God's divine goodness. In just a few moments, we're going to tell you about a special set of 52 Bible scripture cards based on the verses Pastor Rick taught in this series, Living in the Goodness of God. You can find out more by going to PastorRick.com or by texting the word DAILY to 800-600-5004 while you listen to today's message. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with part one of a message called Heaven, God's Eternal Goodness to You. Today we come to the end of our 12-part series on Psalm 23. It's only six verses, but it took us 12 sessions to get through it because there's so much depth and meat on living in the goodness of God. From the very beginning, I've been saying that Psalm 23 is not about you or me or about our trust and faith in God. It's about God's goodness to us. It's not about our commitment to him, it's about his commitment to us. And in Psalm 23, he gives us 12 pictures of how God is good to us on a daily basis. Now, last, uh, in our last session, we came to the last verse, which goes like this, Psalm 23, verse six. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And, and he's got this little connector word, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now friends, this last sentence is the understatement of the millennium, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. To to go through 11 pictures of the goodness of God, he's gonna help you rest when you're stressed out. He's gonna help you when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He will anoint your head with oil when when you need healing, and he he will overflow your cup, and all of, the, all of the metaphors we looked at how God is good to us in life. And then at the end he says, oh and by the way, it just doesn't end here on earth. God's gonna be good to you even after you die. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's like saying on a TV game show, you just won one year supply of potato chips and three houses to eat it in. It's like, It's a so much bigger deal because the I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever is more enormous than all the other 11 pictures put together. The other 11 things he says that God's gonna do for you because of his goodness only last while you're here on earth. But the last one says, and by the way, God's not just gonna be good to you here on earth, he's gonna be good to you forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever for eternity, for trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of years, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the biggest, ultimate expression of God's goodness. This is the eternal goodness of God to you. So what I wanna do in this final session is look a little bit more in depth And what is heaven? And I wanna simply ask three questions. What is heaven? Um, How is it different? And what are we gonna do in heaven? And we're just gonna look at the front side. You'll be glad. (laughs) So I want us to begin by simply asking the question, uh, what is heaven? Now on your outline, Ephesians chapter two, verse five to seven says this. 
It is through grace that we have been saved. And God has given us a place with Christ in heaven. And why has God given us this place with Christ in heaven? Why is he saying that he wants us in his family and we're gonna live with him forever and ever and ever? Well, the rest of the sentence says, to show for all the ages to come God's goodness to us because of Christ. This is the ultimate expression of God's goodness to you. He didn't just say, I'm gonna help you when you're down. I'm gonna give you strength when you're weak. I'm gonna give you the provisions when you lack something. I'll help you when you're in need. When you're scared, I'll be with you. And in addition to all those, he says, I want you to live with me after you die forever and ever and ever, and you're never gonna die after that. This is phenomenal. And why does God do this? Why does God give us a place with Christ in heaven? He says, to show for all ages to come God's goodness to us. God just says, I want you to understand my goodness is not time dated. My goodness is not limited to here on earth. My goodness to you is for the rest of your life and your life is forever and ever and ever. I have long range plans for you, not just the 90 or 100 years you live on earth, but forever and ever and ever. And I will be good to you throughout all of eternity. So let's just look at this subject of heaven. And there's so much, as I've studied all this past week about heaven, uh, really we could do a whole series on it, another 12 week series just on heaven. I'm gonna be hitting the high points, hitting the, the rooftops, the peak tops, of, of uh, what the Bible says about heaven. Everything you've seen in movies about heaven is 100% wrong. There's never been a movie that got heaven right. Never, never, never. Even the Christian movies don't get it right because it is heaven in many ways is unexplainable or incomprehensible to the size of our brain. I, I told you in the previous message that uh, for you to try to understand heaven, is like an ant trying to understand the internet. You don't have the brain capacity to actually understand how cool, how great it is. And all of the images that we have of heaven are so inferior and so imperfect that it makes heaven sound boring. Now let me ask you, when, when you go and you look at the surf of the ocean, and you look at the sunrises and sunsets over giant mountain peaks with snow-capped you know, mountains and beautiful valleys, and you look at the intricacies of, of, uh, of uh, you know, art and flowers and plants and animals, does that look like boring to you? No, and this is an imperfect world. And if you think about all of the really beautiful sounds, sights, tastes, and pleasures that God invented, every pleasure you've ever experienced was because God invented it. And this is an imperfect world. Heaven is gonna be at a whole nother level because there's no imperfections in heaven. So what is heaven? Well, let me just summarize what the Bible says in, in three sentences. You might write these down if you're taking notes. First, heaven is a physical place, not a state of being. Heaven is the actual, literal, real place. It has a location. It is a physical place, it is not a state of being. It's not like nirvana, it's not a dream, it's not a, you know, kind of a subsistence or existence or, you know, ooey-gooey metaphorical attitude that you've got out there. No, this is a real place. Jesus 
told us about it in John 14. And he says to his disciples in verse two and three of John 14, there are many rooms in my father's home. Now by the way, the word father's home is one of the many terms that are used to describe heaven. Heaven's called the father's home, heaven is called paradise, heaven is called the kingdom of heaven. There are many, many terms to describe heaven in the Bible. But Jesus is talking about heaven and he says, there are many rooms in my father's home and I am going to prepare a place for you. He's talking to the disciples. This is after he's died on the cross, resurrected. He's get, or actually right before, he's going back to heaven. I'm going to prepare a place for you. He says, I wouldn't tell you this if it wasn't true. And when your place is ready, notice God has a place specifically for you. When your place is ready, I'll come back to get you so that you'll always be with me and live where I live. If heaven is not true, Jesus Christ is the greatest liar who ever lived. Because he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you and I'm gonna come back to get you and if I come back, I'm gonna take you to the place and I'm preparing a place specifically for you. You got a condo in heaven somewhere. God is planning the place that he wants you to spend eternity with him. Why? Because God is your heavenly father and he wants his children to live with him at home forever. So it's a physical place, not a state of being. Number two, second thing we know about heaven is that it's a permanent place that's gonna last forever. It's not just a physical place, it's a real location. It is also a permanent place. It's not in 10 years they're gonna bulldoze it for urban renewal and build something else. This place will last forever. First, second Corinthians chapter five, verse one says, here on the screen, it will be a home in heaven that will last forever. And another verse, look up here on the screen, Ephesians chapter one, verse 10 says this. This is God's purpose, that when the time is right, God's timing is always perfect, when the time is right, he will gather his children together from wherever they are to be with him in Christ forever. And where is that gonna be? It's gonna be in this place called heaven. There are already millions of people there and other millions will join him. It's a physical place, it's a permanent place. But here's the third thing, and a lot of people get this one wrong. It is a reserved place. It is a reserved place for only God's family. Heaven is not for everyone. Everybody is not going to be in heaven. If everybody could go to heaven, you'd have backbiting and jealousy and gossip and war and lust and rape and murder and, and all these other things. Heaven would be no different than earth. If everybody could go, if Hitler could go to heaven and if Pol Pot and Stalin and Mao and other genociders who've killed millions and millions of people could go to heaven uh, just the way they were, then what's the special thing about it? Heaven is not for everybody. Heaven is only for the children of God. It's God's home. He gets to choose who goes to it. Now, you get to choose if you wanna be a part of his family, and that's totally up to you. God invites everyone to heaven, but not everybody's going because not everybody's willing to meet the conditions. And what's the condition? That you accept God's grace that you accept his forgiveness, that you realize you could never get to heaven on your own power. Heaven is a perfect place 
and I'm not, and neither are you. I stopped being perfect about 10 seconds after birth. And so I need a plan to get to heaven, and that's God's plan of salvation where Jesus came and paid for all your sins. So you could go. But it is a reserved place only for God's family. You're listening to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. Rick will be back in just a moment with the rest of today's lesson. You can sign up for Pastor Rick's free email devotional at PastorRick.com. That's PastorRick.com. Scripture memorization is a powerful tool to help you remember God's promises, principles, and the purpose He has for you. That's why Pastor Rick created a very special scripture card set with 52 key verses from his Living in the Goodness of God teaching series. These verses will help you live in the confidence that God will meet all your needs. Filled with beautiful artwork accented by stunning gold foil designs, this set of 52 cards will help you grow closer to God so you can truly live in His goodness. You can even use the space on the back to make notes or send a special message to encourage a friend. And today, when you give a gift to help Daily Hope take the hope of Jesus to a hurting world, we'll send you the Living in the Goodness of God scripture card set to say thanks. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy of this great resource. That's PastorRick.com, or you can text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. That's the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Thanks so much for your support. There's only two days left to get this great resource, so don't wait. Once again, here's Rick. In the book of Revelation, chapter 21, and we're going to go there several times in this session, verse 27, it says this, Only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life will be able to enter. Talking about heaven. Now, what is the Lamb's book of life? This Lamb's book of life is mentioned several times in Scripture. In the book of Revelation, the Lamb is always a symbol for Jesus. He's the Lamb of God who was sacrificed for our sins, like the Lamb was sacrificed in the Old Testament. So he's talking about there is a book of life that if your name's in it, you get in. If your name is not in the book of life, you don't get into heaven. How do I get my name in the book of life? Do what God says. Jesus said, I am the way. No one comes to the Father but by me. I put my trust in God's Son, the Lamb who was sacrificed for me, so I don't have to pay for my sins, he paid for my sins. And so I trust him, then my name gets written in the book of life. But evidently, there's a registration book in heaven. You gotta have a reservation. You just don't die and then decide, oh, now I'd like to go to heaven. You have to make an advanced reservation. Your name has to be in the book of life or you don't get in. Heaven is not for, first place, I don't know why anybody who doesn't want God in their life now would want to spend his life with God for eternity. That doesn't make sense. Show me the person who goes, I want to live my life completely apart from God. I want to be God. I want to make my own decisions. I want to disobey what God says to do. I want to do what I want to do because I actually think I'm smarter than God. I know what will make me more happy than God. I don't even believe in God. And if I do believe him, I don't want to obey him. I want to be my own God. Why would that person then say when he dies, oh, now I want to spend the rest of my life with you? That doesn't make sense. And Jesus, God says, have it your way. You didn't want me in your life. 
when you were on earth and I gave you all those years to decide for me and you decided against me, why in the world would you want to live with me now for eternity? If you didn't want me in your life on earth, why in the world would you want me in your life in eternity? You see, God doesn't actually send anybody to hell. You choose. You choose. A person chooses. If there's one door that says life eternal through Jesus Christ and salvation, and one over here says life separated from God, which is hell, if, if I go, I don't want to do it your way, I don't want to believe you, I want to trust you, I want to obey you, I don't want you to be my Lord, I'm going to walk out this door, who do I blame? To go to hell, you have to do almost the impossible. You have to reject the love of God. You have to reject the grace of God. You have to reject the forgiveness of God. You have to reject God himself. Why in the world would anybody do that? Pride. Pride. That's why, because I want to be my own God. I don't want anybody telling me what I should be doing with my life. And, and, and so God says, you got a choice. I, I give you the choice. You want to live in my house? Here are the house rules. <laughs> okay. And what's the house rule? Real simple. You trust me for your salvation because you can't be good enough to get into a perfect place. And you ask me for forgiveness, and, and you, you, you learn to love me as much as I love you. I created you for a purpose, I have a plan for your life, and I want you to know me. So it's a physical place, and it's a permanent place, uh, and it is a reserved place only for God's family. You know, one time in the Bible it tells us the story how Jesus sent his original 12 followers, they were called disciples, uh, out to do some ministry, to help people who were in need. And he said, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna give you the authority to do miracles. Uh, so you can go out and you can pray for people and they're gonna get well, and they're people who are oppressed and depressed uh, by, uh, by demons or by spiritual forces, a cult, and, and you're gonna, they're gonna have freedom and you're gonna see miracles, and he sends them out. And you know what happened? That's exactly what happened. And these guys, 12 guys, come back a little later from their mission trip and they're going, Whoa, you wouldn't believe what happened. I saw this guy here, and I saw this miracle here, and I, I saw this freedom here, and this liberation there, and, and uh, they're all celebrating it, and Jesus goes, wait a minute, guys. You're celebrating the wrong thing. He says, rather than celebrating the fact that I used you and your faith to do miracles in people's lives, here's what you should celebrate. Look up here on the screen. Luke chapter 10, verse 20. He said, instead, you should rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. The moment you step across the line, as most of you have, and have said, okay, I'm in. I'm gonna trust Christ for my salvation. I know I need a savior. I can't save myself. I can't solve my own problems. I certainly can't save myself by, from all my sins. And, and the moment you step across the line, evidently your name is written down in the registry of heaven, in the book of life, and when you die, they said, come on in, we have, a, we have a reservation for you, Mr. Warren. We, we've been waiting for you. Welcome, welcome to heaven. Now, the next question I want us to look at is, how is heaven different from earth? And of course, it's very, very different, and as I uh, shared it with you in the previous message, look at this verse on, on your outline. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this. No eye has ever seen, and no ear has ever heard, and no mind has ever even imagined what God has prepared 
for those who love him. So you think up the coolest thing you could experience in life, the most pleasurable, the most beautiful, the most tasty, the most incredibly enriching experience in life, and God says, heaven is better than that. Nobody has even imagined how cool, how great, how beautiful, how amazing, how pleasurable it's gonna be to live in heaven. The reason why most people don't wanna go to heaven is because, as I said, everything you've learned about heaven is wrong. Every movie generally makes heaven totally white. Why would a God who invented color make heaven all white? Uh, Okay, and you got fog at your feet about a foot deep. Okay, so you can't see your feet. You're walking around in fog the whole time, totally white, wearing a white, you know, robe. You may have wings, which is not what you're going to have. You're not going to be an angel in heaven. We talked about that last week. Um, And you're playing a harp. That would be hell to me. (laughs) And if that's what heaven is like, I would say, no, thank you, God. I think I'd rather just stay here with the surf and the sunsets because this is a broken world, but it's still pretty beautiful. Heaven is in no way gonna be like anything you've ever seen on uh, a movie. The Bible says you can't even imagine. So I can't really explain it because we don't have the capacity. But what I can do, it's actually easier to tell you what's not going to be in heaven. And that is a big deal because when you know what's not gonna be in heaven, that makes it a cool place too. You see, you know what's here on earth. And there's a lot of stuff here on earth that you don't like. And it's not gonna be in heaven. Now, there's a lot of verses on this in the Bible. Let me just show you a couple. Um, uh, John, who's one of the 12 people who followed Jesus originally, the disciples, uh, when he's an old man, God gives him a glimpse of heaven, and he writes a book, it's the last book in the Bible called The Revelation. Not revelations, not plural, it's the book of the revelation, it's a single vision. And uh, let me just show you a couple of examples of that. In Revelation 21, verses 22 to verse 27, uh, John mentions nine things that aren't gonna be in heaven. Look at this, here's what it says, in chapter 21, Revelation. He says, uh, there's no temple there. In heaven, there's no temple. Why? Don't need it. God's everywhere in heaven. Why would we need a special building to to go and meet with him and pray with him? Anybody can talk to him anytime. He's all over. There's no temple in heaven. The Bible says there's no sun or moon in heaven. They're unnecessary uh, because God's glory shines bright and lights up everything. So he's the powerhouse. There's no no sun, no moon in, in heaven. Then it says there are no shut gates in heaven. Why? No crime. There's no need to, to, uh, nobody has to shut a gate, nobody has to lock anything. There are no keys in heaven. Why? Because nobody locks anything in heaven. Why? Because nobody commits crimes in heaven. So he said there's no gates. Gates are built for protection. You don't need any protection in heaven. You don't need a key. Nothing is locked in heaven because uh, there's no, no sin there, there's no, no, no shut gates. And then it says, and there's no night there. In heaven, there's no night. You don't need it. Why? Well, you don't get tired in heaven, for one thing. You don't get tired. And second, God's glory, his brightness, shines for, uh, you know, everywhere. And then it says, there's nothing impure or unclean 
uh, in heaven. So everything is pure. You, you got pure water. You got pure air. Uh, your body is pure. Everything is pure. Uh, everything is clean. For some of you, that would be heaven. Nothing dirty in heaven. Now, some people, you say, I don't care if it's dirty or not. You know, I don't mind dirt. But some of you, you're kind of neat nicks, and there's nothing unclean in heaven. Everything's clean there. It's pure. It's clean. There's no immorality in heaven, which is why some people probably don't want to go to heaven. Okay? Because there's no immorality in heaven. All right? Uh, but here's a big one. No shame in heaven. Can you imagine living for the rest of your life with not ever feeling shame? How great that would be. No guilt, no regrets, no shame. The Bible says that heaven is a shame-free zone, that that emotion is not even existent in heaven. No one ever feels ashamed of anything. Nobody ever feels inferior in anything. Nobody ever feels insecure in anything. Nobody ever feels shame of any kind in heaven. That's gonna be the environment living in the love of God. There's no shame in heaven. And the Bible says there's no deceit in heaven. Everybody tells the truth. It, you can't tell a lie. There's no possibility for a lie in heaven because Jesus said, I am the truth. And his followers walk in truth. There are no lies, no deceit in heaven. So somebody tells you something in heaven, you know it's the truth because there's no lying in heaven. Nothing's there. And then it says, only people whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life are there. That means it's reserved. It's reserved for God's children. Now, everybody is created by God, and everybody is loved by God, but not everybody is a child of God. You have to ask to get into God's family. How'd you get in your family? There's only two ways to get in a family, be born into it or be adopted into it. And both of those terms are used in the Bible. It's called being born again into the family of God and being adopted into the family of God. When you stepped across the line and put your faith in Christ, you were adopted into the family of God and you were born again into the family of God. Both of those metaphors uh, are true in your life. And, and so he says, uh, the people who are in the name of Lamb's Book of Life, they, they're there. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We are so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. Now, if you'd like to receive Rick's free daily devotional, go to PastorRick.com and sign up right now. You'll get hope and encouragement from Pastor Rick delivered to your inbox every day. Rick will be back to close out our time today. But first, Scripture memorization is a powerful tool to help you remember God's promises, principles, and the purposes He has for you. That's why Pastor Rick created a very special scripture card set with 52 key verses from his Living in the Goodness of God teaching series. These verses will help you live in the confidence that God will help you meet all your needs. Filled with beautiful artwork, accented by stunning gold foil designs, this set of 52 cards will help you grow closer to God so you can truly live in His goodness. You can even use the space on the back to make notes or send a special message to encourage a friend. And today, when you give a gift to help Daily Hope take the hope of Jesus to a hurting world, we'll send you the Living in the Goodness of God scripture card set to say thanks. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy of this great resource.
That's PastorRick.com or just text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. That's the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. And thanks so very much for your support. There are only two days left to get this great resource, so contact us today. Here's Pastor Rick with a closing thought. Jesus said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Did you hear that? The Bible is going to outlast the earth and the universe. Why? Because God's word is eternal, because truth never changes. If it was true 5,000 years ago, it was true 1,000 years ago, it's true today, and it's going to be true a million years from today. This is why it's more important to know God's word than anything else. Opinions change, but truth never changes. It's why we focus on studying it here on our Daily Hope broadcast. Thanks for listening. Join me next time as we continue to look into God's Word for our Daily Hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.